everybody, and welcome or welcome back to The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast, season two. Season two. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm your other host, Evan. Welcome back, everybody. Or if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Yes, for our listeners that are tuning in for the first time for season two, uh, this is a podcast where Evan and I, who are just super fans of the Showtime show, the U.S. series, Shameless, and we go through episode by episode and break it down. And here's the thing with Shameless. We love it. We hate it. We recognize its problems. We celebrate its successes. And more than anything else, we stand Mickey Milkovich in this house. <laughs> that is pretty much what we do in this show. And now I'm going to cut to a previous eight-minute segment or, or less where Evan and I are talking about what's happening in the filming of season 11. And that's going to insert here. For context, because we never know the state of the world uh, and what's going on, we are recording this on September 14th, uh, hoping to release it sometime in October. If anything terrible and awful has happened between now and October, we don't know it yet because we're in the we past. We don't know. <laughs> we're in the past, and we will address whatever that thing is in the future. But in this point in time, Chris Evans uh, accidentally released a dick pic <laughs> on Instagram. I love that man so much. <laughs> and we are in, I think, like week two of Shameless Season 11 filming. And the only pictures we've gotten are from the little girl that plays Franny. And we love that. I, uh, thank, shout out to her for giving us content. And uh, uh, Shinola has just been dry as a bone. No, And yeah. zero pictures of Noel so far. Like two pictures of Cam, zero pictures of Noel. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know because I feel like what did what did we hear that season eleven is going to focus on? I heard it's going to be like COVID and then also Black Lives Matter, right? Oh, I don't. How are they going? That's it's all white people and V. And yeah, VM. that's exactly what I had to say. I forget where I saw that, but I feel like maybe Lena told me that or something else. But I heard that they're going to maybe deal with the Black Lives Matter movement. But I'm just like, I'm sorry, you mean the two recurring black characters are they gonna take like are they gonna take control like i don't know i feel like they're trying to fit a very a lot into this last season and i feel like they should just choose one issue to deal with because then it's just gonna feel like they're just cramming like every detail that happened to 2020 and or just focus on the family you can pretend that the real world isn't happening in your show because it's, it's not fiction. like they've been consecutive with what's happening in real life the last 10 seasons yeah but they're like no the last season let's do everything from 2020 i understand shows incorporating covid in so that they can incorporate like ppe protocol mm -hmm. within the show like gray's anatomy which is a medical drama is incorporating covid because they're like we're not going to ignore it's, the biggest medical issue of the year in our medical show Exactly, that makes sense because yeah. it is a medical-based focus show. Shameless, that what? <laughs> you can just pretend it didn't happen. You can just pretend it didn't happen. Like, they edited out Mickey talking shit on Trump for Darth Vader. They're pretending that the real world isn't there, so... Yeah. I, but yeah, literally not... Noel hasn't posted a black hair selfie. No fuck you up hands yet. I don't... You're we filming. are getting a bald Kevin, I saw. Did he shave his head again? Yes, he shaved his head. So are they going to try to give us a summer season? Because he does that Maybe? in the summer. Weird. Because I feel like Kev's hair has been pretty short within recent seasons. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like otherwise no one's really posted any content. Like, 
freaking normally Emma is like up on that shit and I've seen maybe like one photo of her from set so far. They probably also told her uh no more photos because she's the one that accidentally told us Mickey was coming back. Oh, <laughs> I forgot that about picture, that. That infamous picture from her dressing room where in the background you could see Mickey, pictures of Mickey's tattoos and everybody's like, what the fuck are those about? So like everybody knew he was showing up in season nine before he showed up in season nine. I'm sorry for everybody that's tuning in that we're talking about what's happening in Shameless, but like we're very excited that the final season we're is very filming. Excited. What are your wishes for the final season? Because everybody's like, oh, I hope that um uh Sheila comes back. No, I purposefully I hope that Sheila is living her life over there and we never yeah, see her. Yeah, she doesn't again. need to be brought back. <laughs> I do, as much as I would love it, she I, doesn't deserve that. I do hope we at least get like Fiona FaceTiming. Them. Yeah, like I hope Emmy does something. Like, yeah, or, or like her Fiona FaceTiming and Jimmy Steve comes into the frame because she found Jimmy Steve and they're together now. Like, that's, oh, my God. <laughs> in my head, that's what I want. I, I'll i never stop shipping them. They're my number two ship till the day I die. <laughs> they're they're incredible. I don't know. I really don't know what wishes I really have, because I don't know. The way Shameless is brought up is that, like, you expect. You you have these characters that are trying to exceed these goals or do these things and more than not, it doesn't work out for them because that's just how that show is, like, kind of just structured. But I don't know. I don't want them all to live that fairy tale life. I don't want, like, everything to be picturesque because everyone's still got all their damn demons every which way. So, I don't know. I just want them all to be in, like, a comfortable position more than anything. Like, Ian and Mickey vibing at, like, their, maybe their own place. Like, because now we got... Uh, sorry for a spoiler ahead and stuff like that, but we got Lil Lip and Freddie, and then um, fucking what's his bitch ass girlfriend's name? Tammy. Fuck Tammy. I, that's what how much I don't like her. But then we got that whole Tammy situation, so I hope they at least get into like a comfortable position and like I don't know. We we left with freaking Debbie in such an awkward position that like Debbie's just vibing at this point. Like Debbie's just doing her own thing. She's primetime womanhood. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like she's going to more so get herself in a, a Fiona arc in a sense that they're going to like set her up to kind of be like tough woman. She's going to take charge and do something with her life. Maybe with the season, like have her maybe start to actually be like a grown up. But I don't know. It's very confusing, especially for like Debbie and, and Carl, because like, all of their plot lines haven't prolonged throughout this series. It's like, it's something new every which way. So like, I don't know where to, they're going to go because I feel shameless. Hasn't known where they're going to go for the last 10 years. You're doing, and you're doing good, so, Evan. You're working your ass off uh, here yeah. in COVID times. Yeah, I'm doing good. Working at Starbucks as always just putting in my time there, making as much money as I can, especially with a pandemic still going on. Yes. I am out here spending my time bothering people on TikTok uh, who even vaguely post about Shameless to mm. talk us up. And for that reason, I would like to give a shout out. I already do edit them on my TikTok. I would like to give a shout out to TikTok user Broken Hearts, V-R-O-K-E-N-H-E-R-T-Z, for uh, commenting or responding to my comment and making a video promoting our show. I yes, like, thank you so much. I would like to also thank TikTok user Riley Hawk. And uh, Riley, I love you so much. I love her. And I believe uh, their Instagram is the same uh, on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, they also have a Galovich Instagram account. 
Yeah, and I would like Galovich Queen to know that we deeply appreciate your pro- your promo of us on YouTube and yes. on Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, it's thank you so much for that. We would like to get as many shameless viewers into this as possible. That's why I've been going on shameless Facebook pages and bugging everybody. I've been going on my stand Twitter and bugging everybody. That's right. I have a stand Twitter that I haven't promoted on this show because I think my family listens to this show. And I'm trying to keep a little bit. Just a, just they don't need to see all that. They don't know. They don't need to see all that. Um, but yeah, I'm. I thank you all for your promo. Like I said, we are now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, yes. Stitcher, SoundCloud, and I started posting a uh video that's got just our logo and this audio on it on YouTube under Luck the Luck We Had Pod. So we are on. Beautiful. We are on so many platforms. We're on so many platforms. So there is not. You don't. You have to have at least one. Yes. So. And <laughs> if you listen to us on any of these platforms, I don't think it's an option on Stitcher. I, I think you can subscribe to us on Stitcher, but on all the other platforms, if you could subscribe and rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts, the rating and the reviewing is so important for them to like. It helps us a lot. For them to like know that we're uh, capable of being there. Uh, we would love that. Get, give us five stars and uh, email us. We're going to tag everything at the end, but like tag Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and email us, look, we had pod, just like, talk, talk to us. We want to hear from talk you guys. To us, please. We want to hear it all. We want to hear from you. Uh, but what do we want to hear from them about? We want to hear from them about what they think on the episode. And do we want to talk about what we think about season two, episode one, summertime? Uh, I think so. Fuck yeah. Let's get into it, baby. We need intro music, but we, let's get into it. We'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody out there wants to like throw together an intro for us. Hit, hit a bitch a up. <laughs> season two, episode one. We're entering a summer season, y'all. Season. I love summer seasons. This episode is called Summertime. The first two episodes are called Summertime and Summer Lovin'. They're just like, summer, it's summer. Yeah, <laughs> just so let, if you guys didn't know, it's going to be a summer season. <laughs> so Summertime is the name of this episode. It aired on January 8th, 2012. So while we were all <laughs> inside freezing, cuddled under blankets... They are out <laughs> sweating in the 90 degree Chicago heat because that's how it works because they're filming now. So I'm guessing it's going to be a fall into winter season. That's probably going to yeah, be Yeah, depending how long summer. their fucking season's going to be. And if they get to shoot the whole season, maybe we'll only get half of it. Who knows? Who knows? Shows like I know like Supernatural just finished filming, but like there's so many shows that are sprinting to get stuff done. Yeah, Before Supernatural only had to down. film, like, seven episodes, and they filmed that, like, in a week. Like, yeah. they were just like, boom, and we're done. <laughs> oh, sorry, side note, nobody cares about Supernatural here, except us, um, or maybe some <laughs> listeners. Jared and Jensen both got to take home an Impala, and that makes me so happy. I, Misha didn't say shit, and I was like, what'd that boy get? Give my man everything. He probably got a bunch of his trench coats or something. You know that man's never gonna wear a trench coat ever again. <laughs> But no, I shameless. love that they both got an Impala. That makes me so happy. But anyway, sorry about that sidestep. Back to Shameless. So yeah, this episode aired on January 8th, 2012. It was written by Paul Abbott, John Wells, the creators of the show, and Latoya Morgan. She's listed as like a staff writer on it, but I wanted to include her. We've spoken about Paul and John before. Paul created the original series. John created the US version. Uh, they both wrote ep- the pilot in episodes two and this and the finale of season one. And yeah, that's that's them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, that 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 yeah. they created the show. That's all you care about. <laughs> Latoya Morgan, uh, she has uh, written previous episodes before. She's credited as a staff writer on twelve episodes through twenty twelve, so through last season and this season. 
I think she wrote episode nine last season. Oh, nice. Uh, she wrote 15 episodes of the show Parenthood. Love it. Uh, she was a producer, writer, and story editor on the show's Turn, Washington Spies. My parents love that show. She wrote four <laughs> episodes of a show called Into the Badlands and one episode of The Walking Dead. Nice. And this episode was, di- was directed by another person we've seen before, Mark Myloid. He directed the pilot, episode nine, episode 12. He did 12 episodes of Shameless through 2018, which was season nine, I guess. Mm-hmm. He directed the pilot and episodes four and five of the British Shameless. He's also done shows like Secession, Entourage, United States of Terra, and six episodes of Game of Thrones, which are those are all yeah. incredible shows. Yeah, those are really like hefty shows. United States of Terra is great if you enjoy something like that. One woman playing who has like dissociative identity disorder. I encourage you to take it up a notch and watch the show Orphan Black, in which Tatiana Maslany plays no less than 10 different versions of a clone, sometimes just in a scene where it's just them. So she's doing a scene by herself seven times. It's remarkable. Please watch it. I remember my mom used to watching that United States of Terra. Like, I remember seeing the couple episodes just being like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was a victim of the writer's strike for sure, though, because it ended, like, super abruptly. I have, like, the one vivid memory memory of one of her alters was, like, a really butch lesbian, and it was, like, her waking up in a bed next to a woman being like, what the fuck? And I was like, what are we watching? Yeah, that was Buck the Trucker. Yeah, that was something else. I love that. But in this episode of Shameless, sorry, sorry we keep getting off on tangents. We both had coffee. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded. We're getting yes, back into the swing of things. <laughs> it's chaos here, 24-7. I feel like I want to slow down a little bit. Okay, but. The synopsis of this episode, Evan, is Frank surrenders baby Liam as collateral in a lost bet. Fiona thoroughly enjoys her youth as a bartender at a local hotspot, the club she works at. Sheila Mm -hmm. takes steps to finally leave the house. Queen. Debbie runs a daycare with Carl. Ian's business expands. That is the most thorough, I think, synopsis they've given us thus far. Yeah, and it's, like, not just focused on, like, three characters. It's, like, we're getting a little bit of everyone. What are they up to and stuff like that. Yeah. And the previously on, of course, is done by Frank. They're still centering William H. Macy so far. And, uh, Evan, what did we get a recap of from season one? Uh, well, we got a lot to recap on in season one. So, first of all, we get reminded of Jimmy Steve and Fiona's love <laughs> uh frank being an alcoholic as always um their money struggles and that fiona rejects charity from steve every which way uh that fiona fucked tony but we like to ignore that part um ian is gay and was fucking cash who was also blackmailed into having another baby by his wife um and then ian fucks mickey and they got caught by mick uh by cass and cash oh my god <laughs> i you have, there's a typo and i yeah. read it as <laughs> um and then Mickey got shot by Cash because a pedophile was mad that his boy toy was fucking someone else. Uh, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin V took in a foster uh, who was a teenage mom. We love Ethel. I'm so excited to see more of Ethel this season. Uh, Lip got caught taking the SATs for other kids, but then that also got him a nice hookup from this really cool college professor. Um Karen and Lip are a thing, but we like to ignore that thing. Um, Frank basically lives in Sheila's house. Uh, Karen's dad is a punk-ass bitch who... Uh, oh, wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Sheila had a breakthrough, and a queen stepped out of her house to kick out horrible, horrible Karen's dad. Um, and then 
Karen fucked Frank, uh, basically made a sex tape, and then Karen's dad killed himself over it. And then Steve got uh, caught stealing cars and was forced out of town by Tony and tried to take Fiona with him, but Fiona didn't go. And that's that's what happened last season on Shameless. And that's what you missed on Shameless. (laughs) (laughs) I know it it was playing in both of our heads, and that's what you missed on. Uh, so we get that what lovely... a very filling season one right uh we so we get that full previously on and then we get our our ever lovely title sequence the wonderful theme song i'm i wanted to make a point of like noting at least the end music and giving credit to the title music uh that we've listened to all these years title sequence the luck we got by the high strong yes it is what the title of this show is based on (laughs) just different enough to not get hit with copyright uh the luck we had not the luck you got by the high strong and uh it's summertime and there's a yellow filter on everything (laughs) i (laughs) they tried their best (laughs) like in winter it's blue everything's blue (laughs) on summer everything's yellow all of it's yellow but it's like there's like smoke in the air at all times but at least the first couple seasons in summertime uh, episodes are like so fun so i'm very excited mm-hmm. uh we open on a uh, like a telephone pole and it's an old ratty missing poster with karen's dad's face on it <laughs> and it gets like stapled over by somebody else putting up a flyer for something i love that but we go over from that in the sunshine to see sheila outside of the house walking down the street I love her. She has her little clicker, too. Is there a better way to open a season than just Sheila? There isn't. Being powerful, as always. It's it's magnificent. We see Sheila walking down the street, and she's feeling successful. And over on the porch, Frank is watching her and becoming a little concerned of how far away from the house (laughs) Sheila is starting to venture. And Karen comes outside. She's back to being blonde. She's Yeah, she's not a crazy bitch anymore. She's over her daddy issues. I don't think either of them know that Eddie, like, unalived himself. They, they just think he's Yeah, missing. I don't think it was, like, I think, I think in this season they do find out, but, like, at this, point, at this they don't know. point, they just think he, like, dipped. Yeah, we know that he is, has been unalived, and they just think he ran away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Karen warns Frank just exactly what we know is happening in his head. The more progress Sheila makes, the closer she gets to the outside world where people know what kind of man Frank is. <laughs> and then he'll be fucking out of there. So Frank sees the clock ticking just in the corner mm-hmm. of his mind. Uh, but we go from that uh, up on a motorcycle, pulls in front of the house. <laughs> Jody! I love Jody. Oh, everybody, please enter jo- I'm sorry, I'm going to look up the actor's name right now uh, because I didn't do it before and that was stupid and I truly, truly, deeply love this man. Yeah, I don't know his name either. He was also the star of a show called Black Sails. It is about pirates. And you might right away think, that's a little boring. But let me give you a little insight. First of all, for Umbrella Academy fans, Tom Hooper, uh, Monkey Man, he is in Black Sails. Um, Mm -hmm. And if anybody is a DC fan, uh, The Flash's daughter, she's also in Black Sails as a bisexual sex worker turned madam who runs a brothel on this island where smuggler pirates come to do their like business with each other and the show is so gay 
The show is That's so it. Look gay. It on. It's called Black Sails. It was on AMC, I think. It has five seasons. It has an incredibly satisfying ending. The the main I, I don't want to give too much away. The show is so gay. It is I so gay. I have to gay. look it up. It sounds really good. And while the gay characters suffer a little, they suffer the same amount that everyone else in the show suffers. And, like, there's a guy named Luke Arnold who plays John Silver. It's very, like, Orlando Bloom, Will Turner vibes from mm. him. It's very good. There's bisexual vibes through this whole entire show. But uh, one of the, like, bad boy, like, punk ride-up-on-a-motorcycle type of pirates... His name is Zach McGowan. He plays Jody on Shameless. He plays Captain Charles Vane on Black <laughs> on Black Sails. If you enjoy Jody in this show, I beg of you to go watch Black Sails. It is so gay. It is so gay. It sounds gay. so good. I've never heard of this show before. I'm very intrigued now. If you like Pirates of the Caribbean and you are queer, you will fucking love <laughs> Black Sails. We gotta tell Stevie. <laughs> yeah. It was stars. It was, it was a star show. I, I wonder if Stevie knows about it. It is... Uh, we're talking about Stevie Bones. Okay. She is a cosplayer. She is on TikTok. She is currently doing a Davy Jones cosplay and floop from Spy Kids. Right. I know. I would like. I love Spy Kids. Anyway, sorry for my long rambling. Just did a shot of espresso mm-hmm. moment, but watch Black Sails because it stars Captain Charles Vane, Zach McGowan, otherwise known as Jody from Shameless. Jody. Mm-hmm. We see Jody ride in on his motorcycle. He's clearly, we established earlier that he is 30 years old, uh, which isn't like awesome with the age gap. But I think at this point, Karen is 18. Like yeah. time has passed. It's been like at least a year since we've met her. I'm pretty sure she's 18. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the very least, the actress is. So Jody, he is Karen's friend from Sex Addicts Anonymous. He pulls up on his motorcycle. Karen gets on the back of the bike, reminds Frank that his time be ticking, and they ride mm-hmm. off. And we hear that Sheila made it to 100 steps. And we're so fucking proud of her. I'm so proud of her. I love her so much. 100 steps, an icon. But from the victory of Sheila making it 100 steps, we go into an alleyway where we... It's a very, like, fun, like, tracking shot. We mm-hmm. track a hose into the Gallagher backyard where the local firehouse is helping the Gallaghers fill their pool in exchange for babysitting services for some of the firefighters. It's fun. I love communities helping each other out. Also, firefighters, A plus, number one. We love firefighters. Firefighters are our top of the list, and um, all cops are bastards. Firefighters <laughs> are fucking incredible. Even um, the, uh, but except for Caleb. Caleb's at the bottom. Though. Yeah, no, we let's not talk <laughs> about that. Just in general, in the world, firefighters top of the list. Yes. Uh, but yeah, they're filling up the Gallagher pool because Debbie is running a daycare. Debbie, the ten-year-old. Icon, literally running an entire daycare. There's so many freaking kids in this household. Financial head of the household, pulling in Mm -hmm. the money. And we go over from that fun summer outside in the pool to the alibi, where of course Frank is. Mm. Frank is bitching to Kev about how Eddie's pension checks stopped coming, and now Sheila's (laughs) house, and Sheila doesn't have as much money, and Frank's not into that. And Frank tells a guy- Frank. And in the background, there's a big beefy man who is bragged about getting tasered twice and running away and not being affected by it. And Frank's like, that's bullshit. You cannot get tasered without pissing your pants. I bet you $10,000. I hate Frank. He's so dumb. I bet you $10,000 you can't get tased and not fall down. And so the man says, bet. 
and gets tased twice and does not fall down. And now Frank owes this man $10,000. Like out of all of the money you could have bet, $100, $200, $10,000. Idiot. But we go from that bar to another bar where Fiona and V are working as a waitress and a bartender, respectively. V is killing it behind that bar. I love V. And waitress Fiona, I love waitress Fiona. It's so good. I also acknowledge that, sorry, this is, uh, we're talking about future seasons. The outfit, the like uniform that Fiona's wearing, the white tank top with the with the silver uh, trim around it, is mm-hmm. the exact same uniform that Ian wears as a bartender in season four. <laughs> At fairy tale or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Maybe Hello. his has more glitter on it, but it is essentially the same costume. They probably use the same place. Honestly, I bet they did. It like always gives me flashes to um Did you ever watch Queer as Folk? No, I did not. Oh, it always gave me flashes to Babylon from Queer as Folk, but they filmed that in Canada. Oh um, my god. But yeah, there's a bar, Fiona is a waitress, V is a bartender. Fiona has apparently been flirting with the cute DJ all summer, but he has not put out and he has not given her any signal that he's even listening. Yeah, he's just doing his DJ thing, ignoring her. And V V's like, uh, Fiona's very hurt by it. And V's like, mm, yeah. interesting that he hasn't responded. Jasmine comes in with an older man. She's got a sugar daddy that she apparently hooks up with on the summertime when her husband is away on a camping trip or a fishing trip or something. With the kids or something. And and the older man's wife is away somewhere. So she cheats on her husband when he's out of town. And V fucking hates Jasmine. V hates her. Good. As fucking V should. Well, we learn that in the scene and then we get a smash cut. Lip is in a fight club. Lip is in a fight club. <laughs> Literally very- like underground fight club. <laughs> Ian is his manager and his corner man. And Ian and Mandy, now played by Emma Greenwell, uh, are his backup. Jane Jane Levy, or Jane Levy, not pronounced like Eugene Levy. Jane Levy has exited the building. Emma Greenwell yeah, has come in. This is our Mandy, Mandy no more. This is the Mandy we will now get to know and love. So Mandy looks a little different, a little older, because she is. So yeah, they're like his Lip's corner men. And Lip is, losing, he, Lip is losing the fight. Yeah, let's get the shit beat out of him. He's getting his shit rocked. Uh, but he keeps going. And we cut from the fight club back to the club club, where Fiona is trying to flirt with the DJ again, and nothing. V teases her about it and bitches about Jasmine some more. Fiona tries to get V to come out with them later, and V says no, she has a shift at the nursing home in the morning. So never forget, V works in healthcare. V is a working woman. So there's an investment banker that is also at the club. He's flirting with Fiona. It seems like they know each other and that he has been her, like, summer fling so far. Yeah, because he's been a little too much for, like, they just met. So, like, you can tell they've been, like, talking for a bit. Yeah. Um, and good for her. She's having a little rebound because, remember, at the end of last season, Steve disappeared. So Steve yeah. has been gone for a number of months now because last season was March. Now it's at least June. July, mm-hmm. maybe. It's a good six months. Three months. I don't know how to count. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Fiona's getting her getting her uh, summer fling on and good for her. And V teases them when they go to leave. She's like, hey, June, your school night in bed with the light out by 10. <laughs> v, this is prime friendship time for Fiona and V, mm-hmm. and I love it. Uh, but we cut over to Fiona, the flirty barman, Jasmine, and her old man are in a Corvette 
speeding down the street. Fiona's You're going wearing, so fast. Fiona's wearing this adorable little white dress that I don't know where she got it from, but it's so cute. <laughs> and good for Fiona. She's having fun and being. No, she's having a fun time. She's just being twenty-one and young and fun, and she's going to work and then fucking all all night. Good, good for her. <laughs> and we go from like Fiona having fun in the in the nighttime, not fun in the sun. Back to Ian and Mandy and Lip. They're leaving the fight. And we find out they've been making some money on the fights. And, like, honestly, shout out to Lip for being a fucking real one. Because they're all walking down the street and just talking about life. And Lip asks Mandy, is Mickey getting out soon? And, like, (laughs) Lip is, like, looking at Ian when he asks this question. So, like, he knows Ian wants to know, but he knows Ian can't ask. Yeah. Lip's a real one. So Let's be taking one for the team. Apparently, yes, Mickey does get out soon. That will be next episode. Ethan and I will be losing our minds. Mm-hmm. Mickey gets out soon if he doesn't stab anyone first. And he says, you gotta be looking forward to having Mickey home again, huh? And literally just looks at Ian over her head. <laughs> He's just teasing him. I love him. And this poor Mandy, this sweet summer child, has no clue. She's got no clue. And she's got it bad for both of the Gallagher boys, too. It's I feel so bad for her. But we find out Lip is still fucking Karen. He he sets up another fight with Ian and then he heads off to Karen's. And Mandy's like, that's still, that's still happening. And Ian says he's slipping antibiotics into Lip's toothpaste in case he catches anything from Karen. I like, I love Lip so much, but boy, leave Karen alone. He makes You're... bad romantic decisions. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, but then me and Ian and Mandy hold hands and start like shoving each other down the street. And, like, I love best friends. I love them. I love best friends. This is a great trio. The two, the Gallagher boys and Milkovich, always good together. Always. So Lip walks over to the Jackson house uh, and almost gets run over by an SUV that pushes Frank out the back seat. And we hear the <laughs> voice of the man Frank owes money to, saying that, like, they'll be back to collect it. And Lip's, like, looking for Karen, and Frank says Karen went out with a guy to Sex Addicts Anonymous and isn't home. And he does not let Lip in. Yeah, he just closes the door. (laughs) He closes it right in Lip's face. So now Lip knows there's a guy that Karen is hanging out with. Mm. We go over to Fiona. She is fucking that banker guy in the grass down by the river. Yeah, just like on a hill in in a park. (laughs) It's very scenic and beautiful. It's such a nice view. Like, good for them. Goddamn. It's great. They're having fun. They're having a good time. A little to the left in the background, Jasmine is fucking the old man. You know, they're having fun. They're adults. And the guy Fiona was hooking up with says he has to meet his boss for a run in like an hour. And then we get a little backstory on Fiona. Yeah, I love hearing information about her. We find out that Fiona ran track in high school. She was a distance runner. And there was a chance she was going to make state. But then Monica happened. Ugh, fuck Monica ruining everything. So, like, fun, having fun in the summertime, Fiona challenges this guy to a foot race. And this shit is so fucking cute. In her little white dress, being a little summer woman, all, like, free and wild. It's so good. It's so good. She's just running. I love, it's such a nice view, too. And it's, like, the sun rising and it's her running down the water. Like, uh. This is the most, like, carefree and happy we're, like, ever going to get to see this woman. I'm I'm so happy for her. They, like, cut to a little later. They pull up in front of Fiona's house. She kisses the guy goodbye and, like, very slight. Like, he tries to come in and she's like, eh, no. And just shuts him down and leaves. 
He drives away, and then we see fucking Tony coming out of the house that he scammed Steve into signing over to him. Because remember last season, Steve bought the house right next door to Kevin V's, and then when he found out he got Lip and Ian arrested, he bartered with Tony, and he gave mm-hmm. the house back to Tony. Or the fact that to Tony's Tony. ass moved in, like, you little bitch. And you can tell there's, like, tension between Tony and Fiona. Because she knows he knows that Steve is a car thief, and he knows she knows that Steve is a car thief, and that, like, it's nothing good is happening here. Yeah. He says he hasn't decided if he's going to flip that house or live in it. Fuck fuck you. Like, we don't care, Tony. Next. (laughs) She goes inside, Fiona goes inside, sticks her face right in front of a fan like we all do when we don't have air conditioning. And lips comes, Lip comes down and he sees her and she sees the bruise all over his face. And it turns out Lip is not always the fighter in the fight club. Apparently he manages fighters, but one of them like did not show up last night. So he had to sub in. That sucks. <laughs> but at least he knows. He's like, yeah, I could get my shit rocked for about an hour. Yeah, at least he can take a fucking punch. Goddamn. <laughs> and then again, Debbie, the 10 year old is running a daycare and taking care of Liam all night in their shared room. Yeah, no, those, every other kid is not doing things. Debbie is. Debbie's running all that shit. Yeah. Like, Ian has a job. Ian has a full-time job, and Lip is getting his shit rocked to pay for stuff, and Fiona's working. But, like, Debbie is running a daycare. Carl is, <laughs> Carl's out here just being a loaf. She starts to push Fiona because she wants her own room. Because she's like, a, a growing woman needs her own room. And Ian and Lip and Carl are like, no, that would be four boys in one room. No fucking way Liam's moving into yeah, us. Uh-uh. And Fiona shuts her down. And then we go outside, out back, in Kevin V's yard, where Lip has wandered over and sees Ethel working in a massive garden in their backyard. And it's <laughs> so cute. She's so good at gardening. And she's got her little bonnet on. And she's growing so many vegetables. And, like, I love her. Like, it's... Like, you can tell, like, Kev is so proud. Like, he's so happy. It's so cute. And Lip asks Kev if they are still on for something. And this is our first glimpse into the fact that Lip and Kev have a summer side hustle that they revive. Uh, I love this. I love this. Their side hustle. It's my favorite. But we get that little interaction and we go over to the Jackson house where Sheila is singing a song and cooking because she's an angel and we love her. And we see her. She's got a map. On the, on the refrigerator. We see her goal. She wants to make it to the alibi where she thinks Frank works. I, I think so. Or just like she knows he's there quite a bit. She thinks Frank works at the alibi. And then Karen catches Frank looking for money in Sheila's room, as Frank would do, because he owes someone $10,000. He thinks he's going to find that in the, in the sock drawer. And Karen says she moved Sheila's secret stash. And Sheila is downstairs, like, desperately just calling them for breakfast. <laughs> so, like, Karen is on to his bullshit. And we go back to the daycare. This episode is fucking chaotic. We go back yeah, to the daycare. Yeah, a lot going on. So Fiona apparently is the figurehead. The parents think Fiona is there the whole time. Because a mom hands a kid off to Fiona, who still has not gone to bed. And Fiona checks in with Debbie for the schedule for the day. And Debbie's like, don't wake you up on there unless there is blood or exposed bone. <laughs> I like that rule. So, like, Fiona's the figurehead. All the parents think Fiona is there. And then Debbie wakes her up at the end of the day for pickup time. But Debbie takes care of everybody. Mm-hmm. Fiona goes upstairs. She gets in her PJs, pulls on that fuck-off eye mask, that iconic uh, 
I just bought one. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. It's so funny. And then she is like that. It's like that famous gif of her falling into the bed. She's out like a light. She's tired. And then we go to Ian now as he walks into work at the cash and grab. Where Linda says that cash did not come home again last night. And a full child, like probably 13 years old, mm -hmm. tries to buy cigarettes. And Linda goes, how old are you? Eight? Get out of here. <laughs> I love Linda. She hand, she's very pregnant. She's at least a few months pregnant at this point. She hands the store over to Ian for the day and says, no free breakfast. And then the literal moment her back is turned, he grabs a donut and starts mm -hmm. eating. The moment she's out the door, he's munching on it. And just when you thought we were cash free, nope, the fucker comes through the door. He was waiting for Linda to leave like the little pussy ass bitch he is. Little, little baby literally can't like be seen by his wife. You dramatic ass bitch. And things are super tense between him and Ian because they broke up. You know, this grown man broke up with his teenaged <laughs> uh, boyfriend. And things are tense now at work in the professional environment in which he fucked his teenage employee. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that same child that Linda just said, get out of here, tries to buy cigarettes from cash. And he does not even fight it. He just sells it to the kid because he is spineless. And then Linda calls him from the intercom because she's got a camera and an intercom system. And he's like, she's like yelling at him about not coming home last night. He straight up turns it off because he's an I, asshole. I hate him so much. She is now running your business and taking care of two of your grown children and growing another one of your children. And you're just ignoring her? Okay. Okay. You're lucky she didn't call the police on your ass, you piece of shit. And then from one business to another, Kevin Lip are getting their ice cream truck ready for their summer side hustle. Yes. They run an ice cream truck in which they sell beer and weed to teenage boys. But we learn later they have a code. Uh, it's great. Teenagers. Sorry, not just teenage boys. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah, it's like beer, cigarettes, like joints, and then like fireworks. And then they still like also sell like ice cream and like snacks and stuff like that. But like they got all the all the underground goods. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're getting it set up for their summer side hustle. And uh, speaking of a side hustle, the daycare at the Gallagher house. The timeout corner is a fucking dog crate. <laughs> yes, Debbie. So Debbie's managing all these little children. Frank comes in, picks up Liam, says he has to borrow him. And Debbie is like, um, McSqueeze you? What? What do you mean? Where are you going? So what Frank, do you think you could take Liam? Frank's like, he's my son. I'm taking him. And just picks up Liam and fucking leaves. Carl asks Debbie, like, should we wake up Fiona? Because this is a little concerning. And Debbie's like, there's no blood or bone. We're not waking up, Fiona. Everything's fine. Yeah. Back to the alibi. Uh, the owner who lives upstairs, it, who is super racist and has dementia, uh, is losing his shit yelling all day, every day. He's so funny. I love this guy. <laughs> you do? Oh my god, I hate this character. Like, I understand his purpose, but I like, kind of hate this character. <laughs> Kev brings him up some food, and the man bitches that his electric bill is eight thousand dollars this month when normally it's like a thousand dollars and we see kev's face because kev you can see in kev's face that he knows why the electric bill is eight thousand dollars but he plays along with the man he's like oh man uh -oh. I, I just don't know the gist we get from this scene is kev is in trouble the electric bill is up the owner is a racist that's what we get yeah that's what we gain from this scene back to the cash and grab Someone in a full niqab, I think it's a niqab, right? That's the full body covering. 
I'm not sure yet. It's the one where, like, you're completely covered besides just, like, an eye slit. I'm not sure. I believe that's called a niqab. Um, if I am incorrect, I will insert a, a little bit here in my research later. Hello, recording Amanda. This is editing voice Amanda. You were correct. The full body covering with just the eyes showing is called a niqab. So someone in a full covering comes in, like makes eyes at Cash and goes straight to the back of the store. Cash tells Ian to cover the register and follows the person back into the freezer. So we are to assume they are fucking in the freezer. But at least this person looks like an adult and not a teenager. Yep. Like at least height wise. We cut from that disturbing scene uh, to Lip. He is all bloody and bruised, but he's working to get the ice cream truck up and running again with Kev. Kev says they have a problem. They need to sell some pot. And Lip's like, yeah, that's what we normally do. And Kev's like, we need to sell a fucking lot of pot. We need to sell a lot mm. of pot. We learn that Kev used Ethel because she has that beautiful growing garden. He used Ethel's gardening tips and her fertilizer to help grow their crop. It's an entire basement under the alibi full <laughs> of weed. I fucking love them. And they have like the UV lights, which are specifically like help for like growing like weed in like secluded areas. And man ran up that bill growing like honestly, like so much pot. So much. It's like I want to make a reference to weeds here, but it's so funny. Justin Chatwin is also like in weeds. Oh, Justin Chatwin is also an orphan black, if that helps you watch it. Dang. Yes, and like the way that his character is, you can sort of imagine that it's just Jimmy Steve. Like it's <laughs> it's great. It's great. Jimmy Steve. But there is an entire greenhouse full of weed in this basement, which is why the electric bill was up to eight thousand dollars. Honestly, shout out to Ethel's fertilizer. <laughs> yeah, because Ethel is downstairs in the basement tending just, to the crops. Yeah, she's just like watering them. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> she's like, isn't it wonderful? Uh, Kevin is going to help all of the old people with glaucoma. Sure, that's what he's doing it for. Of course, exactly. What else would you be using it for? So Kev says they need to sell $9,000 worth of weed or their the building's power is going to get shut off. And then we go to Frank. He is panhandling with Liam on like one of those backpack thingies on the side of the road to try to try to make he's panhandling to make ten thousand dollars. I don't like bruh, panhandling for ten grand. And uh, but he unfortunately walks up to in a, the SUV that he got thrown out of before, and the men grab him and pull him into the SUV again. And we he's go so fucking stupid. We go from that back to the cash and grab. The person who came in before in the in the full covering is leaving. His veil slips and we see it's like a grown man uh, who is in the full covering. Who Does that covering is traditionally only worn by females, like, correct? Yes. So I believe this man is wearing it so that he could be on the down low and go in and out without being recognized by anybody. Yeah, um, exactly. Probably because he is also closeted. So Cash follows the guy out and, like, is all disheveled. And he snaps at Ian to get back to work. And, and, and he, Ian's just, like, casually, like, your fly is down. <laughs> like, Ian's like, fuck you, dude. Like, uh-uh. I'm taking shit. Yeah. So, like, at least he's not fucking a child anymore. But he's still being a bitter little bitch to his teenage Yeah, at least you're not a pedophile anymore. <laughs> but, like, still being a little bitch about it to your ex-boyfriend who was also your teenaged employee. Honestly, I love Linda for keeping Ian on because it's just making Cash sad and that makes me happy. Yeah, because, like, I feel like realistically, like, Ian was in the wrong too, but Li Linda knew, like, he's the victim. Yeah, he's clearly groomed. 
Like, even if he's strong enough to get over it, he was groomed. But we go back to the, the weed basement. Kev and Lip are, like, staring it down and figuring out their options. And Lip says he might know a guy who would throw down two grand for a weed plant. And Kev says V is going to kill him. He promised he wouldn't grow more than a few plants this year, but everything grew so beautifully <laughs> he just couldn't stop it. So anyway, Frank is kidnapped. Yeah. The guys are demanding the money Frank owes them and says that he, if he doesn't give it to them, they're going to start chopping off appendages. And then they say, while Frank goes out to procure it, he will, the men will keep Liam as collateral. And like, do they know Frank gets himself involved with the worst people? Like, obviously this is terrible. He's a small child being used as collateral, but to their credit, these guys like take pretty good care of Liam. Like they don't mistreat him. Oh yeah. They hang out with this kid, like, the scenes that it cuts to later, but it's just, like, so cute. They're just, like, hanging out with them. Yeah, they're just chilling. They're just playing with the kids. So, like, yeah, they shouldn't keep a child as collateral, but, like, they're also not being bad people to the child. Frank made a bet he needs to pay up, and they're going to keep Liam and take care of him. They're basically babysitters. Uh, yeah. It's not that bad. That charged ten grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, Frank at least tries to fight them on it and be like, wait, that's my son. You can't just keep my son. And tries to get them to, like, not keep Liam until they take a blowtorch to his foot. And he's like, okay, fine, 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 fine. You can keep Liam. And he, like, at least seems genuinely concerned and promises yeah. Liam that he will be back. Uh, he tells the baby I'll be back. But, like, honestly, at least we know for our own well-being that Liam's gonna be fine with these guys. Anyway, Lip is at the college he toured a few months ago with the professor who caught him cheating on the SATs. He gives, oh, and someone on, on uh, YouTube informed me that this is not the professor that Steve, that, that uh, Lip ends up, sorry, spoiler alert. Yes, okay. The Lip. The professor. This is the... not Professor Ewins who Lip gotcha, ends up naming. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I forget, Professor Ewins, I think it's like Fred Ewins. Yeah. And that's why there's baby Freddy. But okay, yeah. cool. Because I remember it almost looks like the same person, but it's not. And it was just like. They really don't, the current, like, uh, college guy, they really don't give them, like, an out. It's just kind of like, here's Ewins. Yeah. But Lip is, tour is back at the college with that professor. He gives the guy a USB drive full of, like, hip, fun music so that he can get laid by grad students who are at least 22. So it's creepy, but it's not illegal. Like, at least it's college girls this guy's going for. Yeah, like, he's not going for high schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lip gets a piece of tech from the guy that helps him finish a GPS system that is a cop locator that he's going to put in the ice cream truck to know what cops are in the area while he's selling beer and weed to young kids. They are so smart! Lip is so smart! And the guy is, like, honestly impressed by this, but he's like, that's that? Was that legal? And Lip's like, trying to make sure our community is receiving its fair share of law enforcement resources? Why not? <laughs> you smooth talker, you. So he asks the professor if he wants the pot plant. The professor gets, says that he got a Department of Defense grant and asks Lip for his help with a project and said he can, like, get Lip college credits. But Lip declines, even though, like, Lip, do that. Fucking do Let's that. do it, good. Back to Debbie Daycare. Frank is in the kitchen making fake cocaine with baby laxative. So that he can sell to idiots for money. And Debbie's like, um, where the fuck is Liam? <laughs> and Frank's like, he's in uh, the car. It's a friend's car. And she's like, yeah, he's in a car, a running car with the air conditioning on. You left a baby in a running car in this neighborhood. <laughs> so like, even if he had Liam in the car, she'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Also, Carl is there. Anyway. He's just, he's always just there. 
he came up on my sorry he came up on my for you page the other day and i was like not me <laughs> tiktok oh back to the ice cream truck it's it's up and running they got it up and running pretty fast it pulls up to a baseball game it was like within a day it pulls up to a baseball game yeah they fix that thing so fast we learn the rules of the truck they sell american beer here to children who are of age come back when you are 16 Apparently, you have to be 14 with ID to get weed. And they also take bets on Little League games. I love that. <laughs> I love it. I, lo- like, I love that they're like, yeah, we're selling beer and weed to, to teenagers, but we at least, like, monitor which teenagers we're selling it to. Yeah, it's not just anyone. Yeah. And, like, in a later episode, they're also like, nah, you've had two already. No more until until you get uh, hair on your pits. Like, Kev knows how to cut someone off. Yeah. I... Honestly, I respect it. I respect the game. Uh, Karen jumps up in the truck. She's joining them. Apparently, she's helping them. We learn uh, about Jody. He is teaching her about bands she's never heard of, like Guns N' Roses. And Kev takes that personally. Yeah, I would do. We learn that Jody is 33, but Karen and Jody don't fuck. But her and Lip still can, if they want to. I uh, hate that. So, like, Karen and Jody are just good friends going through the sex addicts program together. And, like... Yes, this could come across as predatory, but like we said, we believe Karen to be 18 at this point, and I think Jody's the you kind of man- so. I think Jody's the kind of man who would check, too. Um, Jody is a good man, and we love and respect Jody in this household. Yeah, Karen ruins Jody. Yeah, but uh, Lip's little homemade cop alarm goes off, so they close up the truck and they peel out of there. Frank, over to Frank on the street, he tries to sell the fake cocaine to a kid, and the kid says, not a fucking chance, Frank. I still owe you a beating from last time. <laughs> this is like a 12-year-old. He tries some other kids, and like a woman gives him the side eye for trying to talk to children, and she starts following him, and then so does a cop. And then Frank goes to the wrong corner to try and sell and gets chased away by like, obviously a gang that owns that corner. Yeah. I just got done watching The Wire, so that was very meta for me. <laughs> uh, we're back at the Gallagher house. Debbie wakes Fiona up for parent pickup time and fills her in that Frank has taken Liam. And Fiona is too sleepy to fully take that in. but So she, she just, like, just like, okay, learns that information. Is like, let me get through parent pickup time and then I will process what you just said to me. And then we see Frank. He's all like buttoned up and nice. And he goes into a, a, a bar called The Manhole. <laughs> it is a gay bar that apparently knows who he is. He points to a guy, He po- uh, the bartender points out a guy to Frank, and we find out Frank is pimping himself out to get the money for Liam. To men, too. Why do I kind of respect this? Honestly, money is money. <laughs> and, like, he's, he's, they're paying for the privilege of sucking his dick is what's happening. Hmm. Why do, why do I kind of respect this? Honestly, he got a hustle too. <laughs> and like he's genuinely doing what he can to get Liam back. This is like the best version of a good person out of Frank that we're ever gonna get. This is this is the peak. I I realize it's a low bar, but it's, this yeah, is it's it. a very low bar. <laughs> Frank walks out after the first guy and he's got a line of customers. And like, whoa, I can't believe that many people want to pay for that privilege, but okay. Fiona comes downstairs. She has apparently been checking up on where Liam and Frank are. She's making phone calls. And she finds that Liam is not at Sheila's house. But while Debbie, while Fiona's figuring that out, Jasmine comes in the back door. Hey, Jasmine. Hey, Jasmine. 
Uh, she tries to hook Fiona up with another guy, and uh, then she fucking shoes Debbie out of the conversation. This is not your house. Yeah, not your not your sister, not your nothing. Don't tell Debbie what to do. And then Jasmine says her friend is just Fiona's type. He's cute and easily manipulated. Um, fuck you. Uh, in, Interesting. And in the cold light of day outside of the bar, Fiona seems like a little turned off by like what Jasmine's doing and all of Jasmine's suggestions. And ja- Jasmine, when did we switch from you trying to fuck Fiona to you trying to pimp Fiona out to Yeah, Richmond? she's trying to get hit her to get with all these random guys. But, like, literally, like, two episodes ago, bitch was trying to get in Fiona's pants. Like, did the writers just realize this was too gay to function? Like, what? Anyway, speaking of too gay to function, Ian is just chilling. Ah. <laughs> He's reading a magazine at work. When the person in the full covering, I think this is the same day. So this is twice in the same day that this happens. Person in the full covering comes in like before and then comes out of the freezer and heads to the door and Cash comes out after them. And Cash, so this is twice in one day. So it's either the same person twice or two different people that snuck in to fuck Cash. Who like his knows his wife has cameras. I don't understand. But so Cash won't even answer Ian when Ian tries to leave work because he's too tired of crying like a little bitch baby. And he says he can't live a lie anymore. And he tries to go to Ian for for comfort. But that shoulder, she's icy. That's cold. What you you what ain't what you're crying mood. Uh uh. That's a cold shoulder. And like, listen, no one should have to live a closeted life. Like Mickey's closeted storyline breaks my heart in half. Mm -hmm. No one should have a live a closeted life or feel like their life is a lie but you fucked a 15 year old who worked for you you've got no rights and he's still cheating on his wife so we don't care you've got no rights cash i like nope once you crossed that teenager line i don't give a fuck about you anymore yeah i don't want you anymore back at the club it's only our second v sighting of the episode and she's right back where we found her 30 minutes also i guess a full day ago mm-hmm. she's behind the bar Jasmine and the old man uh, have apparently been together for years, even though they're both married. And V's like, yeah, her husband her husband and his wife probably super love that arrangement. That's probably great for them. And then she points out that Fiona's rebound even looks like Steve. Uh, I love this. I love Veronica. She, she also apparently didn't know that Fiona used to run track and almost broke the record of five minutes and 25 seconds for a mile. We learned that from the man. And then Fiona gets very annoyed by all of this. Like, what if, what if I got to finish high school? What if I got to run the the mile? What if she gets annoyed by it and blows the guy off and ignores V and goes back to work? Back at the Gallagher house, Ian and Lip have brother check-in time. First one of the season will brother check-in time. Good, as they should. Lip says they got the truck running. And all Ian says is that work was weird. Work was weird. Yeah, work was weird for that boy today. And Ian gets in the shower, and while he's showering, Lip is like, I think he's like looking for a lighter in Ian's bag or something, and he finds a West Point mission packet and goes in and interrupts Ian's shower and fucking screams at him. Yeah, literally like pulls back the shower curtains, like, what you doing? Apparently Ian just graduated the 10th grade and is thinking about doing West Point, and Lip is super against it. Me too, Lip. Me too. Yeah, me too. Ian says he's a fucking patriot? Uh... Shut the fuck up, Ian. And then Ian's like, gets all deflated and basically says he's too stupid to get in, that he needs a recommendation from the president, and that all he knows he can pass is the fitness test. 
Um, sorry, fact check. I actually have family members that are in West Point. You don't need a recommendation from the president. I think it is possible to get one. You don't need one. You need one from your state senator. I know because there was a whole like kerfuffle with my cousins because he moved at the time. He was, it was mm-hmm. a whole thing. And, um, I feel like this also could just be Ian exaggerating, being like, I need a fucking recommendation from the president. I am blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think so. they only said that so that Lip can, Lip, once he like, once he finds out that Ian is like belittling himself because he thinks he's not smart enough, Lip like turns soft and he's like, wait, but my brother is absolutely smart enough to get in here if he wants to. So Lip gets all soft and brotherly and offers to tutor Ian. And then he goes, the president's a local boy because Obama was from Chicago because Obama was president. Remember when Obama was president? When Obama was president. <laughs> like, we're not going to pretend it was a perfect world, but my God, it was better than this. Yeah. You didn't have to wear a mask to, to go to work. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Obama, oh, missed you, Obama. So, yeah, the, he's like, the president's a local boy. We could probably get his recommendation. It's, it's very cute. So, like, once Lip is, like, doesn't want Ian to be self-deprecating anymore, he's like, fine, I will help you. I will help you figure this out. I love uh, they tease each other, and we go back to the playful mood, and I love brothers. V enters her and Kev's house, and there is weed everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Kev is hanging it all up and trying to dry it all out with a hair dryer. And with <laughs> the hair dryer is what gets me. And V is pissed. V is pissed. She goes to the greenhouse, and V's like, we have to get rid of this. She says, there's a couple of tons of weed down here, and I'm black. V knows. V, V's like, we have to get this shit the fuck out of here and away from us. And it has to be mulched by tomorrow. We see, we cut from that. We see Frank coming home to Sheila. And he said, he's like all worried that he did not make enough money to get Liam back. And Sheila's like, I can give you $80. And Lip's like, Lip's like that's not going to help. Or, Ian, or Frank is like, that's not going to help. Give it to me. But that's not going to help that much. And she was super worried about him. And he th- he said he thinks he really screwed up this time. Like, the most human, like I said, that we ever see him. Meanwhile, the men who have Liam are taking great care of him, like we said. They're watching Animal Planet. They're playing Airplane. Yeah, they're just chilling with the baby. Like, Liam- they're having a good time. Liam's chilling. But when Fiona comes home from work and Debbie says Frank did not bring Liam back, Fiona gets furious because where is the child? Yeah, where's the baby at? So she goes over to Sheila's and, like, is pounding on the door. And Sheila answers it. And Fiona's got the bat. Fiona's got the family bat. All the Gallagher's charge inside. They're all there. They wake Frank up and demand to know where Liam is. And Frank says Liam's at his first sleepover. (laughs) Fiona's like, he's two. So we learn Liam is two. He's two. Which still isn't talking. Which is what I think we suspected. We go, we cut over that iconic shot. This. This scene, this shot is so cool, and ah, uh, I it's love like the this shot. It's like the green hallway with like the flickering light and like a cool Dutch angle of all of the Gallagher's led by Fiona just storming Stormy. into this apartment building. It's uh, it's like if you haven't seen it, like if you know anything about Shameless, you've seen this shot in gift. Yeah, they've or used this shot in like a lot of promos and everything. Like it's such a good scene. And they're storming into this apartment building of men, of the men who have Liam. And Karen is there, I guess because they were at her house. Karen and Frank are there. How did they know where they live? We don't care. It's a great show. Yeah, they they got there somehow. The guy answers the door with a fucking shotgun to Fiona's face. And he says they're keeping Liam. And Fiona straight up says, well, then you better start shooting. 
and pushes past the man with a gun to her face and goes in his house to get Leon. I love her. That's a mom. Powerful. That's a mom. She's like, oh, you got a gun to my face? My kid is in there. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, bro. (laughs) It's, oh, it's delicious. It's so good. All the Gallagher's and Karen empty their pockets out because they know Frank owes this guy money. And Fiona says, Gallagher's pay their debts. And she gets, she like the pure, like the energy, the don't fuck with my children energy that is radiating from her body. Scare this man enough to hand Liam back to her. Yeah, good. She has that power. They knew not to fuck with that bitch. Because the next thing we know, Fiona is tucking him into bed and all of the Gallagher's are like kissing Liam goodnight, saying goodnight to him. That's really cute. Debbie apologizes for letting Frank walk off with Liam. And Fiona assures her it is not her fault. And she kisses her goodnight and, and leaves the room. Fiona goes downstairs to Frank. And he tries in his frank way to, like, apologize for what happened. Because, like we said, he, he showed genuine remorse through this episode. Mm-hmm. He knew he fucked up, but he still fucked up. Yeah. She just stares him down. She opens the back door. Like 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 she did when he came back from Canada after he hit Ian. She just opens the back door and slams it in his face and, and pushes him out. Good. Frank wanders down the stairs and out to the backyard. The next morning, Ian walks into work at the cash and grab, takes a donut, and watches the counter as Cash follows the same person into the back, into the cooler again. And then we see Ian, uh, like a homeless man comes in with like plastic bottles that I guess he trades in because you can trade in plastic bottles for money. So I guess Mm -hmm. you can trade them in there um, to pay for the bottle of booze that he's getting. And Linda calls over the intercom for Cash. It's like a very quiet like scene that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Ian goes over the freezer to get Cash and like lets the homeless man leave. And then Cash, the uh, the covered man comes out of the, the freezer, and then Cash also in the full covering. This is what I was talking about. I got ahead of myself. Yes. <laughs> Cash in the full covering comes out and says, Linda has to be on bed rest for the rest of her pregnancy, and he can't handle it. So he asks Ian to buy him time while he abandons his family. And Ian asks, Fuck what, this guy. Ian asks, what do I tell your kids? And then Cash just fucking leaves. He's, he just dips with the other guy. And I remembered after when I was watching the scene, there is a deleted scene from this episode of Ian going into Linda and Cash's house and telling Linda that Cash, Cash left. And Linda is like crying on his shoulder and he like comforts her. And oh. like, I understand because of everything that happened in this episode. This is, like, the one scene that I understand why they cut it out. But it would also go to show why Linda would then show a little bit of leniency toward Ian, a little bit of, like, affection toward Ian that she does for the rest of the series. Because, like, he, he like, holds her while she cries. Because her husband abandoned her. Her horrible, disgusting, gross husband. But still, her husband. If you guys go to look up season two deleted scenes, or if you have the DVD, like, it, this is a great deleted scene. I'll have to look it up. I feel like I definitely probably saw it in passing, but I never, like, genuinely watched it and, like, actually thought about it. Yeah. Like, I won't give it away, but Linda does Ian a favor in the next episode, and this scene would explain why she would have done him that favor. It <laughs> is, it's, it's a really beautiful scene that we didn't get to see, but so Cash abandons his family. And after that happens, V walks over to the Gallagher back porch. She needs field hands uh, because of the crop of weed in the alibi basement. Uh, So they all join together in the greenhouse to cut down the weed plants. 
and Fiona fills V in on what the fuck Frank just did, and that they had to blow all the money they've been saving for the winter to the to these fucking guys, and there's still six thousand dollars in the hole. So they only got four grand saved up, and there's still six grand short. That fucking sucks. Yeah, and V says that Lip, Lip can keep a bag of weed to get the truck through the summer. And then Fiona just pulls out puppy dog eyes, like, hugging a plant. And V's like, yeah, 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 you can have that. (laughs) And Kev tries to pull the same shit. She's like, not you, Johnny Appleseed. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of great lines in this episode. Kev brings the bags of weed out to the back alley to his truck. But, like, while he's alone in the back alley near the dumpster, he stashes one of them away. Icon. With the rest of the trash for himself later. And then all the Gallagher's leave and Kev says it seems like a waste because all the bags are piled in the back of his truck. He says it seems like a waste to just throw it all in the dump. And then we practically see a cartoon light bulb appear over his head when V is like, you got another idea? It it was like a cartoon. We go over to the Jackson house. Lip walks up the porch to see Karen and meets Jody as he works on his bike outside. And they're both wearing black tank tops. And so Jody like notices that and says, nice shirt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Jody is funny, y'all. We love Jody. Love I'm telling y'all to watch Black Sails. This man is magnificent. Jody will grow to be y'all's favorite character, ranking up in Mickey territory. I fucking oh, yeah. promise you. We go over to the auto shop of the men who took Liam. Again, where did how did Fiona know where this was? Fiona straight up walks in, plops the trash bag full of the entire weed plant on the table, and says, "That should about do it," and then walks out. Uh, power move. She's like, oh, I owe you $6,000. Here's an entire weed plant. That, yeah. That it's a it. trash bag full. <laughs> and uh, Frank is just waking up and walking downstairs the next afternoon at Sheila's house. And she says she's not a short order cook, honey. And he missed breakfast and lunch. He can eat some cereal while she goes out for her walk. Good. T- take care of yourself. Fuck you, Frank. Fuck you. And we go from that over to Kevin V's backyard where Kev, behind the garden, is digging a hole to bury his trash bags full of weed. Remember a cop lives next door, that only cop in Chicago? Tony. No, he doesn't. He doesn't live there. Tony comes walking up from behind Kev and starts complimenting Ethel on her garden and trying to get tips from her on gardening (laughs) while standing on a baggie of Kev's weed. And Kev is, like, standing in the hole trying to, like, yank the the bag out from under his foot like like a cartoon it's such a funny moment and then tony walks away and kev like frantically buries the rest of the weed and goes like oh hey oh hey tony how you doing what did tony think he was burying he was burying trash bags of that was it was such like a deep hole because kev was in the hole so like i have no fucking clue tony's just minding his own business and kev was a big man like, that was at least three feet deep, that hole. But that happens. And then we go over to the high school track where we see Fiona and Debbie walk into the high school track. Debbie confirms the five minutes, 23 seconds time. And Fiona says she'll be happy with anything under six because Fiona is in full running gear. So Fiona sets, sets up, kicks off her run, and then we see her run around the track as the happy music that ends this episode it's so cute it's just like her just like her running these montages of her just running are like probably the most purest we see her in a lot of the series and like fiona doing and we get two of them in one episode fiona doing something for herself that's just a healthy like you know what let me see if i can still run that five minute mile 
good for you, baby. I love you. And as she runs off into the sun, into the afternoon sun, we fade to credits. And the after credit scene is like the opening scene in the first episode of the first season, but with a twist. Mm. They unload Kev's truck onto a bonfire in the neighborhood and set a pile of weed on fire to get the whole neighborhood high. That isn't how it works. I love their effort and I love the dedication, but that's just a waste. That's just going to like stank up the neighborhood. Like definitely you could probably get secondhand smoking if like you definitely were trying to vibe with that. But like just a bonfire of weed that I, I know what weed smells like. That shit would not be fun to be like in, in forced by. <laughs> and why wouldn't the cops be like, huh, it smells like someone set a pile of weed on fire. <laughs> yeah, literally, there's a random giant fire happening. There's a lot of people. It smells like weed. Sorry, Tony's Tony's off the clock tonight. We don't have a, a thing. I'm sorry, do you hear my dog barking? It's all fine. It's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> She's angry. I don't know why. We're in the after credit scene. It's fine. Little kids. There are little kids at this bonfire, too. Like, Liam is there. I, Carl is there. I love summer season. Summer seasons just add so much more chaotic levels to scenes, and it makes it all the better. And uh, I actually, I looked it up. Uh, the song that plays at the end is No Place I'd Rather Be by the band The Light Brigade. And oh, it's, nice. It's great. It's... What a lovely first episode. What a really good setup for season two. I feel like I really, really enjoy season two, so I'm really excited to go through it. I mean, I think highlight so far of season two is that the, that's the last time we ever see Cash Kareem. Snaps for that. <laughs> I, I think it's probably because the actor went to do um, Bones. He was in Bones mm. for like six seasons. But like, bye-bye. Goodbye, Bye-bye. we don't need you anymore. You're not relevant to the plot anymore. So we met the new Mandy. Um, new Mandy. For, for like a minute and a half, we met the new yeah. Mandy. We find out that Mickey's getting out soon. We find out Frank is still up to his old tricks, and Sheila is making her way downtown, walking mm-hmm. fast, faces past, and she's alibi-bound. Ian wants to go to West Point. Ian wants to go to West Point. Uh, Lip and Kev have a side hustle. Debbie runs a daycare. Liam's two years old, but still doesn't know how to speak or walk. Yes. Fiona, <laughs> Fiona is uh, working her ass off and having a little summer fling and, like, trying mm-hmm. to get in touch with herself again, trying to pull things Wait. into herself. Ethel has a garden. V is V. V was there for three scenes. V's around <laughs> and, try- and keeping everybody alive and together. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That was the episode. Oh, and Jody. We met Jody. Jody. Oh, Jody, yes. God bless King He Jody. doesn't become, he becomes more relevant in later episodes. He was just like, it's a, he was a teaser for who were uh, getting introduced to him, really. It was our introduction to Jody. But yeah, and like I said, the song at the end, No Place I'd Rather Be the Light by the Light Brigade. Um, I'm going to start appreciating, like, ever since Lena pointed it out in one of our previous episodes, I wanted mm-hmm. to start appreciating the music in the show more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to start. Appreciate the music. There's there's one song that I got from an end credit scene in like I want to say like season four, season five that I am obsessed with, and I need to figure out what specific episode that's from so I can make a note of it for because it's so good. We'll hit it, and you'll be like that one. It was that one. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like I of course I like made a note of all like the important Ian and Mickey songs throughout the series, Mm -hmm. but like Pink and White and and Move It Like You Stole It. But, like, I want to start making note of, like, all of the... Because there's this show has really cool music. 
Yeah, they use some like key songs and a lot of moments that like really like develop it almost, but like but more like subtextual because it's just a song playing. Yeah. Um lo- how about a question to our listeners? Uh what is a song from the show that like you added to a playlist and is now like your forever song or like Let me what- find the name of the song that I'm talking about. The song's called All You Leave Behind. Let me see who it's by. I feel like I know that song. It's by Ross Tones, Hannah Cartwright on the Witch House album. I feel like I'll hear it and it'll flash me to a scene. Yeah, that's another thing for our listeners. Like, what is a song that you hear that'll flash you to a scene in Shameless and, like, and keep you there? Because that happens to me all the time. That's, like, how I hear music is I hear it and I'm like, oh, it's from that movie and that TV show. And that's what mm-hmm. I think of when I hear that song. Uh, like glee did that to us with every time we hear a song we're like like you you start (laughs) you start hearing rumor has it and you put someone like you with it in your head because all you can hear is the mashup version uh so much the the fact that that happens to me so much (laughs) yeah i want to hear from our listeners i want to hear like about that's what i want i want to put that question to our listeners what is music from shameless that has made its way into your everyday life i really want to hear from you guys And where can we hear from you guys, you ask? Well, you can comment, rate, and review on our YouTube, our Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And you can hit us up on Twitter, at LuckWeHadPod. On Instagram, at LuckWeHadPod. You can email us, LuckWeHadPod, at gmail.com. Everywhere. You can find us everywhere. You can hit up me, one of your co-hosts, Amanda, on at AbnormalAmanda on Twitter, at AbnormalAmanda on tiktok on at abnormal amanda 18 on instagram links will be in the show notes below as well as evans and you can find me at i want to die 4000 on instagram and tiktok and then if you want to follow my twitter i'm not much the active on there but it's internet life yo reach out to us if you want follow us on those social media media platforms and then you can find all of our links on our instagram our website or just on any of the publishing platforms that we are on yes the link to our website and it is in the show notes below it's in our instagram bio and in our twitter bio but everything that we just plugged will be in the show notes below we want to hear from you please Please. write us we want all the feedback write us and write us and review us and buckle up y'all it is it is summertime it is pumpkin spice season in real life it is summertime (laughs) life And we'll start posting these in October. So whatever is happening in the world in October, we will address it in a few episodes. (laughs) But uh, we are so excited to be back for season two. We are very excited. Uh, Buckle up, y'all. Let's let's do it. Let's do season two. (laughs) But we'll see you guys all in a few weeks, in two weeks, when we post our next episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Bye, everyone.